If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Surveys indicate improving mental health is one of the greatest health needs in the cities. But all too often, people can fall through the cracks. Perhaps their needs are short-term or not as severe as they think. But that helplessness can grow into something much greater if not treated. Vera French Mental Health Services has expanded two programs in our area that is giving a rapid response to those who need help. I talked with the chief operating officer of Vera French Mental Health Center, Denise Bink, about two of the newer resources available to people. The Crisis Stabilization Program is one of them. It gives people the quick attention they may need when in crisis, and right now it appears to be working. So we started it up the very end of July, and it's been a program that's been in the works now for a while. Um, Our mental health region, which consists of five counties in eastern Iowa, has funded us to provide crisis services for people who need short-term stabilization, and it avoids costlier levels of care, such as going through the emergency department or inpatient hospital stays, or even police involvement and going to jail. So it's been a really nice option for persons that maybe feeling suicidal, maybe experiencing anxiety, depression. Um, we've seen a real gamut of people use our services in the past about six weeks that we've been open now. Well, and let's be honest, from day one, you've had clients, you've had people that you've been able to help. Absolutely. So we get calls from all over. Uh, we've had mobile crisis, police, hospital. We get some people that uh, self-refer or therapists refer to our services. and. We do a phone screening to make sure appropriate for services. We're not a medical level of service, mm-hmm. so if there's anything medically going on with a person, um, we need to determine that and get them to the appropriate level of care. And then we tell them you know, what needs to come in. They bring their belongings, their medications, um, and we get them set up and stabilized. And then they have contact with a mental health professional, so a therapist, a counselor, every day to work on a stabilization and discharge plan and link them with appropriate resources resources and referrals. Is this based on another program? Because my understanding is the nearest one is Cedar Rapids, so that anybody in this area that needed this immediate rapid response, so to speak, really it wasn't available. Correct. So this is something that was put into legislation a few years ago when we were doing uh, development of adult mental health services, but functionally and monetarily couldn't get up and running until this year. There is also a peer respite home in DeWitt, Iowa, which is staffed by other persons with lived experience with mental illness, which mirrors our program. Um, It's just a little lower level of care versus licensed professionals being available each day. This is more than just a person having a panic attack, right? Correct. So so tell me about that, because like you said, I mean, it could be deep depression, it could be 
huge anxiety issues. There's a number of different factors. Right, and we've seen a variety of things. Uh, we've had people come in who just came out of jail, had no place to go, needed to get hooked up with some resources, some employment services to get back on their feet and into housing. We've had people who have had grief and loss recently and just have felt very overwhelmed by that and needed some extra support. We've had people with some substance use disorders where they're really wanting to get stabilized and hooked into substance abuse services, which we've been able to provide. Um, we've had people with just some very paranoid thoughts coming through. We had one that had some assault trauma um, that, that really did not feel safe being alone. So Understandably, we, we see exactly. a little big variety. Well, and it's a, it's a five bed facility. Yes. And it's a five day maximum, but that can be extended. How does that work? Correct. So we're really looking for short term stabilization, exactly. three to five days. However, because the region is funding us, we do have some flexibility with length of time for services, which is very nice yeah. because depending on where they need to be linked and what services they need to be hooked into, sometimes it can take longer than five days. And so we really work with people on a case by case basis to get them what we need um, for them to be successful long term. Depression is a tough thing for the person who is suffering from the depression to really recognize and seek help oftentimes. You said referrals, but how else are you finding people that are good candidates perhaps for a short-term intervention? So we get a lot through Mobile Crisis, which has started up in our region. Um, the Eastern Iowa Crisis Line mm -hmm. can deploy Mobile Crisis when that is warranted. And then if they do need some further stabilization, they will call into the Crisis House. We also get from other therapists throughout the Quad Cities who may have a client that is struggling. Uh, we've received calls from emergency rooms where they don't meet inpatient criteria for admission, but they sure could use an extra set of eyes on them and help stabilize them before going home. We're about to talk to the United Way in the next segment, and, and mental health is one of the health issues that they've really focused on as well. It, it's kind of like the safety net that some people don't know exists, and in some cases doesn't exist. We've also heard so many stories about how, how Iowa, the state of government, is ch changing the way it deals with mental health in the state. Is this a bit of a safety net that wasn't provided before, and is this a little more recognition towards mental health that you think was perhaps not used before? Correct. We really are part of the safety net of providers that will take people regardless of insurance or income or ability to pay, um, which, like I said, the region has been very helpful in funding this, and it just wasn't available. Legislatively, it wasn't in place. There weren't providers in place. There weren't systems in place to address that. And so the people that we would see now would go into the emergency department, would go into the jail system, which is really more costly in the long term Absolutely, for yeah. taxpayer dollars. So this really is a, a nice short-term stopgap measure. Well, and let's talk about that because um, is, is mental health becoming less stigmatized right now? I mean, are people actually seeking help to a greater extent? You know, I think mental health has been more in the forefront mm -hmm. of people's minds more recently. And, you know, say what you will about millennials, but they're very much champions for mental health and a balance and healthy living. And I think that really has brought to the forefront the need for funding for services for mental health and to improve mental health on the front end versus waiting until it is so bad that all these high-level services need to be deployed. I mentioned that there's two programs that are relatively new in the area. In April, you opened the Peer Support Center at the uh, New Carroll Center, we'll call yes. it that right now. Tell me a little bit about that and how that has really been making an impact in the community. So we opened a peer drop-in center as part of our Carroll Center programming, and it's right downtown Davenport, mm -hmm. which has been very nice for us. 
Anybody can come in and talk to a peer that has lived experience with mental health issues. They don't have to be a Vera French client. They don't have to want to engage in services, but it's just a place for them to vent. And then if they need some further assistance, they also can be hooked up with some resources, given referrals, work with some of our other staff, and get the services that they really need. Now, the program had existed elsewhere, but now you have opened it up at the uh, old United Neighbors Center, which is as you're going down the hill on Harrison Street. So tell me what the difference has been now that you have a little larger facility I mean, and, and, and you've moved more downtown. Is that facilitating more people? Have you seen an increase in people seeking the service? Absolutely. Uh, it has given us more space and we have co-located several of our programs currently existing into that location. We have our assertive community treatment team, our homeless outreach coordinator, intensive psychiatric rehab, medication management, and psychoeducational group programming. And all of that works together with the peer drop-in center, and we are seeing a higher volume of people come through. We also serve free lunch there Monday through Friday, and anybody is welcome to just come in and get something to eat. Because the theory is some, some people may not want to see a therapist. Some people may not think that they need to see a therapist at this juncture. Maybe they're seeing one on the side. The peer, that idea, how does that work? It's people helping other people. It's somebody who can be very empathetic to their situation. It's really meant to be very non-threatening. They're not licensed professionals. You know, they're not going to be committing anyone or, or doing any of those kinds of things that people, I think, tend to be a little scared of. It's just a very low-level conversation, hey, how can we help you approach. And are these just for adults? I know that the uh, crisis stabilization program is for 18 and over. Yes. Is the peer counseling also for adults or, or are, are younger people involved in that? Really anyone can walk in. We're more geared toward adults at that location, but we have had people bring children in with them or had some teenagers stop by and we will work with people. We're not going to turn someone away just because they don't make the 18 or older right. threshold. So we would make sure that they got to the appropriate places. It seems like what you're really doing is, is two things. Your outreach is much different now. Yes. And also that you're trying to break down the barriers that, that prevent somebody perhaps from seeking help. Is that a sea change for mental health professionals? I think it's something we've always wanted to do and just had not been able to do it. We are creating more sustainable cooperative systems in the Quad Cities than we have seen in the past. The real concept is we want there to be no wrong door. We want somebody to come in wherever they're willing to come in and get the services they need. And that really means cooperating and working well with a variety of entities in the Quad Cities to make that happen. And I think we are seeing systemic change along those lines. I was going to say, how do you measure the change? How, how, how do you notice that there is an impact right now? Well, that's the million-dollar question, Absolutely. right? Because <laughs> well, I, I would think there'd, there'd be two ways to measure it. One is that you are seeing increased participation, which means more people are seeking you out. Mm -hmm. But the other would be less tangible, and that is if you're really making that difference. Right. And there has been a Quad City Behavioral Health Coalition that is formed with a multitude of agencies that have come together to work on exactly those questions. And so we are working on collecting data from all the safety net providers to try and quantify some of those things. You know, how many reduced ER visits are we seeing now that we have all these extra services? What are we seeing as far as wait times for people to get in and see therapists or prescribers? As well as personal stories. I mean, you've talked to people. You, you, yes. you, you've seen how they have do I say grown or how they have healed in the period of time that they've seen your services? Right. The personal stories are always really Absolutely. the most impactful. You know, we've been able to take a woman who got out of jail and help her get hooked up with Dress for Success. Um, we helped her 
find employment, get transportation, get set up in our own apartment. This is someone who would have been out on the street and not had any of these things hooked up because she came out with no resources. And so there have been some really great success stories along the way. And anybody seeking your service, seeking your help, I mean, it's very easy just to type Vera French in Google and find you right away. Absolutely. And our website lists out all our different programs and services. And when in doubt, just pick up the phone, give us a call. We're happy to answer any questions. Denise Bing, Chief Operating Officer of Vera French Mental Health Center. The Crisis Stabilization Program is available to you, and you can call for help at any time. The number is 563 383 1900-383-1900 or check out verafrenchmhc.org. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.